hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? This is the stupid answer. No. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Don't worry, I got an idea. And now, the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Matthew Sack. Woohoo! Not that there's anything wrong with him. Because he has a lot of chit spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 382 of the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of Young Adult Cancer. I'm your host, Matthew Zachary, a proud 20-year young adult brain cancer survivor coming to you right now from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. Broadcasting since 2007, the Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, the largest charity comprehensively addressing young adult cancer online at stupidcancer.org. My fabulous co-founder, Kenny Kane, away on a secret, public, sort of secret, road trip across the country in disclosed and non-disclosed location. But if he were here, he would welcome all of our first-time and returning listeners and to tell you that you can never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and following us on SoundCloud. All right, it's not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the stupid cancer show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show is a CancerCon exclusive featuring some of our fabulous exhibitors. Yes, yeah, stupid cancer definitely prides itself by the company it keeps, and this is no better reflected than the many incredible partner groups who choose to exhibit each year at CancerCon. And joining us for the show, we're going to be welcoming Andrea Schwartz, the Executive Director of the Dear Jack Foundation, Chrissy Kraskowski, the Senior Director of Programs at the Ullman Cancer Fund, and Mallory Kasperson, the Founder and CEO at Lacuna Law. And right here live in studio, an advocacy spotlight on CancerCon Steering Committee member, Devshiri Kachne. All right, let's kick off the show. Hello. We have a special, extra special guest too, Mal. I know, it's kind of exciting. We have Allie Ward back up north. Wow. The brain is in one location. <laughs> the brain is in one location. When I stare at the whole program team at once, it yes. kind of makes me worry. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> Especially nine days from CancerCon. It is a scary thought, having yeah. both of us in the same room. It is. It's cool. No, it's good. Thing. My two redheads. <laughs> Who'd have okay. thought? 
you, you, you got a lot of redheads on staff. I do. I don't know what's going on. You're, you're meeting a quota. <laughs> Definitely meeting a quota. That is for sure. Well, I'm thrilled to have you back up north. But again, you're up here because we are nine days away from CancerCon. And everything is coming together as it always does in the last hours of it, the year. Uh, it is. It's going to yeah. be awesome. It's I mean, be great. there's always a lot of moving parts, but it's all great stuff. And it's, I'm really excited about this year. I think we're blowing it out of the water with what we have planned and the speakers and the sessions and our exhibitors, as we're going to talk to tonight. And I couldn't make it any better if I tried. Then don't. I won't. <laughs> You're fired. That's enough. You're done. Does that mean I get to take the next nine days <laughs> <Yeah>. off? <laughs> exactly. No, what? Because like... you know, I do have a wedding to plan. Yeah, and your, the house you're buying and all that life stuff. You mean we have lives outside of our jobs? We do. That is pretty impressive and slightly disbelievable. So, exactly. And Mal, you're right there. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> In the throes of the last nine days. Of I'm here. Time. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. Although I, you know, I have nothing nearly as exciting as a trip to europe uh you know or prague oh that old specifically now i had a very i was uh, you look back and how did i get here what what the hell happened to me that i get to go to prague on business but still have a few hours to be a tourist i've only been to london as most people know and you can make fun of me kenny when you hear the podcast later but it's so eastern europe is so i mean you read about it you hear about it you take history classes you see the pictures on the internet whatever it's amazing. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to experience. It is amazing. I had so much fun. I went there on business for CancerCon, Stupid Cancer, Instapeer purposes to opine on the unique needs of young adults and our navigation disparities and access to care and all the stuff we talk about anyway. But I got the chance to meet, like this is not a direct equivalent, but the me of other countries, the patient advocate leaders from Turkey in India, South Korea, Ireland, uh, Mexico, Brazil. It was amazing to meet these folks from all over the world who share the same interests of dignity and patient literacy and access, and this has nothing to do with their healthcare systems. The same issues are there, and navigation, dignity, access, and survivorship are paramount in every other country just like they are here. The methods by which people get care and who pays for it insurance are still nuanced. And no one's going to argue that we have the absolute worst process than any other country in the world. But notwithstanding, it was so humble to meet these other folks who are fighting for millions of people in their country who are facing inordinate discrimination and access and barriers and poverty, things that we, you know, we, we, we hashtag first world problems as a joke, but it's real. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing. And, and the, 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 few hours of downtime I did have, I got to enjoy a gorgeous city, which had never been bombed. Did you know that? No. That is surprising. Prague is one of the few cities in Eastern Europe that was never occupied, never bombed, and it's original. That's impressive. It's 2,000 years old, and I got to see one of the oldest synagogues. There's a whole uh, Jewish quarter from back in the the old days. I was saying Jewish. The old days, like Bernie would say. The the true old days. (laughs) The true old days. But like like pre- um, Renaissance and almost like medieval days, they started the shtetl in like the 1100s. That's impressive. And the synagogues range from a thousand years old to 700 years old, and they're all still perfectly intact. You all can taken take care of. Yeah, they're 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 and there's a cemetery, which I, I've never seen. A cemetery. Apparently, they didn't bury you back in the day. 
based on grave. They just put you in the ground, and the headstones measured the people in the graves. So uh, it was just like a giant graves, gra- uh, graveyard of, of gravestones, but they weren't spaced out, giving each, I guess, a coffin a spot like we're used to here. I presume because of spacing problems that they had back then. But the history is gorgeous. That's awesome. It was amazing. But again, like I really enjoyed meeting my counterparts from other countries and hearing that we all share the exact same goals and that there's a need for advocacy everywhere on earth, which is which is profound and, and humbling. But that was a great was a great trip. Oh, and I got to see the John Lennon wall. I saw that on your oh, Facebook. Yeah. Apparently John Lennon was like like the Elvis of of the of Czechoslovakia in the sixties. Interesting. <clears throat> and Things they, you learn. They revered the Beatles. The Beatles are like... I mean, who a, doesn't revere well, the Beatles, but though? I mean, like, maybe it might have been an unhealthy obsession, perhaps, <laughs> in, in Czechoslovakia in the 60s, pre-Soviet bloc, you know, that stuff. So Lenin is to Czechoslovakia as David Hasselhoff is yeah. to Germany. Yeah, I would. That's, that's probably fair to say here on the air. Definitely. So there's a wall. It's, it's at least 200 feet long. This this giant concrete wall. And it's basically for graffiti artists to memorialize love and hope. It's like what they spray painted on the Berlin Wall when it got taken down. Like it's that level of love and community and hope and support. And there's John Lennon faces all over the place, and it's just gorgeous. But when so sidebar, when they were saying we're going to go to the Lennon Wall, I thought they meant Vladimir Lennon. <laughs> that, Wrong that made, Lennon. But that made sense, you know? Why Vlad, Russia, Vladimir Lennon, Eastern Europe? You know, it would make no. sense that Vladimir would put up a wall. Yeah. But it was the John, like the John, oh, John Lennon, not Vladimir Lennon. Got to get so, those Lennons straight. So peace and not communism or Marxism. Got it. The opposite of what I was thinking. But it was really wonderful. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and just a quick shout out to Kenny and John on the road. Also traveling. They are making a cannibal run from Billings to Seattle as we speak. Uh, they just did an amazing uh, segment uh, between Columbus and Ann Arbor, they stopped at the Pink Ribbon Girls, as are Heather Salazar. Uh, Ann Arbor was a wonderful trip. Um, the uh, the Minneapolis was fantastic. Wisconsin was great. And they're, they had a great time. They're meeting a lot of people. All the uh, videos are awesome. Yeah, and we'll, I'll be posting episode five this evening Yay. for everyone to enjoy. They're getting thousands of views. I'm really impressed. Everyone's sharing them. They're very, very, very special. But, yeah, so road trip... Um, after Seattle, they're going up to Anchorage. A little stunt on the airplane. Everyone's like, how are you driving to Anchorage? We're not, we're not driving to Anchorage. That would take entirely <laughs> too long. That, the road trip would be ending in August. Well, it has to do with a DeLorean, right? Yeah, they, they had to switch to the flying DeLorean. <laughs> going to fly back in time yeah. <laughs> to drive. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, Portland, Salt Lake, and then Denver. Oh, yeah. That place. That okay. thing. And one more quick special. I'm sorry. What's going on in Denver? Something's happening. I think there's a prom happening. Oh, good. A high school prom. I'll, I'll make sure that I bring the appropriate. Frilly dress. Frilly dresses. Bring frilly dress, yeah. Uh, and one quick more uh, new announcement special for tonight, but we'll be promoting it tomorrow. Walgreens in Denver on the 16th Street Mall, specifically the Walgreens, the only Walgreens on the 16th Street Mall in Denver, is proudly selling Stupid Cancer t-shirts to the public. And they're selling a 1,000 shirts. We hope to have them all sold by mid-May. And uh, we're very excited. We're promoting it to Denver. Uh, they're very proud. It's, it's hopefully the first of many stores 
that will be carrying our merchandise. Very exciting. So very, very cool stuff. I plan on buying mine exactly a week from tonight. Uh, actually, I think I'll be with you at that particular moment because <laughs> you know, I want one myself. Then you can get a picture of both of you in the shirt next to the kiosk, and we'll be right there. There you go. There's our hard sell. Done. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick off our show. I'm really excited to have our our uh, advocate spotlight right here, staring in the face, uh, Devshree Kochne, because I listen. <laughs> She might as well. If she could be a full-time volunteer for Stupid Cancer and still have money to live her life, she would take that opportunity in a heartbeat. Her happiness, and I'm staring at her, she's smiling right now, <laughs> derives from giving back and bringing upon change in her community, no matter how big or small. It is an honor to welcome you right now, right here, to the Stupid Cancer Show. Hello, Deshree. Hello. Thank you so much for having me tonight. So we've had, like, casual interactions because you're part of the steering committee, and I may have bumped into you on nights I've been... Um, ludicrous enough to stay as late as you do when you have your steering committee meetings. But uh, I'm, I'm always so humbled by our volunteers who contribute, and you are exemplary of something I always get, which is like, do I have to have cancer to help you? No, you don't. And thank God it's not a requisite. But it means that much more in a very different approach that you would take such a, a kind heart to our mission. Yeah, I went to CancerCon last year as an exhibitor, and I completely fell in love with this organization. Aside from your mission and the people that I met, um, just also the logistics and seeing how amazing everything was. Um, I've been in the nonprofit world for a, a little bit, and I've you know gone to past conferences, but CancerCon just felt so welcoming and so personal that um, when I got that email afterwards saying, do you want to be a part of the steering committee? I was like, I have to do this. Well, I see here we have a lot of friends in common based on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> uh, you worked for the American Cancer Society. Yes. And you worked started. for DKMS. Correct. Which, for those of you, it's a German thing, but it's basically a blood drive to get marrow donors, correct? A bone marrow drive. Yep. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> a, not a, a blood bi- drive. bison tail <laughs> marrow dinner kind of drive. Which would be actually very delicious now that I think about it. <laughs> but yeah, DKMS uh, was one of the first groups I, I ever met when Be the Match was just getting its comeuppance uh, probably 10 years ago. And this is interesting for me. I didn't know this because I was a 10 year survivor at the time. And I'm like, sure, let's, I'll give you my, I'll swab it. I'm like, slow down there, Tex. You can't swab because you had cancer. Meanwhile, we're organizing all these huge rallies for you guys. And who's showing up? Cancer survivors. And they're all ineligible. And it was disappointing, but it raised an eyebrow about awareness. So why don't you tell us about that fabulous problem? No, definitely. Um, I So if you are a cancer survivor, unfortunately, you cannot register uh, because when you're on the national registry, our donors are also our number one priority. We want to make sure that you're okay and that if, you know, our patients are also our priority. So we don't want anything um, to go on to the patient. Uh, but what you brought up about educating people, um, unfortunately, registering to be a bone marrow donor is something that people don't really know about. And unless you're affected, unless you know someone who's had um, a type of blood cancer or blood disorder or is um, affected by it, you don't really know about it. So that's another reason why CancerCon was so um what was a, such a great opportunity for us was because the people who are already invest, invested are already at this conference, and they're the ones who can go out to their communities, their networks, and their friends um, and educate them. I think education is one of the most important things that our organization can do right now. 
Well, let's talk about that because a lot of this is community organizing and volunteer management, which is something that you do very well. And I remember back in the day, you know, you commented on the logistics for Cancer God. It's been 13 conferences in the making to get it to be. And it's still, you know, incredibly challenging to put together. And it takes a literally it takes an army of people to make it happen. But again, like the average person has no idea about that. And that's the secret to it. But in terms of rallying uh, uh, marrow drives, that's a really big deal that takes a lot of organizing. Yeah, so we are so fortunate about for all the thousands of volunteers we have across the country. Um, on staff, our donor recruiters range between, I think we have about 15 to 16 of them, um, and they're sprinkled across the country. But that means that there are about four to 5,000 volunteers a year who take that initiative to contact us and say, I want to have a host, I want to host a bone marrow drive at my school, in my community, at my workplace. And then once they reach out to us, we hook them up with one of our donor recruiter uh, recruitment coordinators and they help them through the entire process, but they are well-trained. They have to, you know, you can't just say, I want to do a drive and have it the next day. You have to be invested. You need to have the correct training. You need to be able to answer the questions that people are going to have when they come to your table. So it does take a lot of investment and time. So let's talk about your origins. What drew you to work for the American Cancer Society? So I had a personal connection. I, I, I actually, I went through my entire life not really affected by cancer on a personal level. And then I met someone um, when I was in college who was diagnosed when he was in high school. And then he, while we were in school, he relapsed multiple times and unfortunately he passed away. And I also joined a sorority in college that uh, our philanthropy was cancer awareness. And so I guess cancer awareness was just a part of my life at that point. Right. And um, I found this temporary job at the American Cancer Society, applied to it, got a call while I was in India saying, hey, do you want to do you want to interview? And I said, yes, I will. And um, they ended up hiring me for a temp position. And then I uh, joined full time as a Relay for Life manager for about two years. And how was that for you? It was amazing. I was able to work with so many different types of um, people, but the best part for me was working with the youth. I worked with a lot of high schools and college students, and to be able to see their leadership skills grow and to see how empowered they were and the fact that they wanted to make such a difference, I think the young adult crowd was just where my heart lies. So then you stumbled upon us, and that was through DKMS. Mm -hmm, Correct. Now, was that because you guys exhibited last year? Well, I actually am the one who found, I was just Googling and I found stupid cancer and I went to my boss and I said, hey, I have a budget. Can I go to this conference? And so that's how it actually started. Which is interesting because I, I, we were talking before the show that I had an existing relationship with the founders of DKMS years ago. And I don't know what happened to that, but it's interesting to have you guys back. So where do you see DKMS fitting into our universe with regard to the fact that we're largely ineligible to help you? I think it's it's the group of young adults. So I, I don't know if you're aware, but when um, a donor who's most likely to be called is a young adult. Um, between the ages of 18 and 27, they have, especially males, they have the healthiest bone marrow, and they are the ones that we want. And so um, stupid cancer, young adult um, community. And so like I said before, unfortunately, unless people have 
have a friend or someone in the community who has needed a bone marrow transplant, they don't really know about this. And so that's one way to get into that group and have them educate their friends. And I mean, just because you have cancer doesn't mean all your friends have cancer. Right, exactly. Well, you have friends and siblings and, you know, and I think the we've done many shows on on debunking, you know, transplants and autologous and stem cell and what they mean. And a lot, the the challenge I think we have is that we're not really capturing the alumni of transplants as narrative. Mm-hmm. Like I'm alive today because someone donated. It's, it's very similar like organ donation when you have car accidents. There are people alive today that thank the people, but we're not leveraging their voices. Like I thankfully them a transplant, but we've had many people on the show who've gone through transplant. And what can we accomplish together by helping you? tell the public here are the faces of the living thanks to these anonymous donations i think it's also just it all comes back to just education because people are so afraid once they hear about bone marrow donation they're like there's a super big needle that's going up my spine yes i might get paralyzed and so it's debunking all those myths and letting people know hey it's two simple procedures over the past decade the procedures have come up to peripheral blood stem cell donation essentially it's kind of like they hook an IV to one arm take out the stem cells that they need rest of your blood gets recycled back into your other arm mm-hmm. so um if people are familiar with donating blood i mean it's a it's not the same at all it's a lot more intensive but it's not as scary um well the the, the point of entry is just a cheek swab correct. and then the fear is that they'll be called which is a good problem to have but not many people are called yeah so a pa- a patient is more likely to match with a donor with the same ethnicity or ancestry. Um, essentially, we have within our DNA, there's um, 7,000 characteristics in this one protein that can be in millions of different combinations. And eight of them have to match. A minimum of eight, ideally 10, have to match in order. And so the chances of that happening is so rare. And it's also the fact that there's not enough people on the registry, so right. they're not getting called. Right. So the the argument for forever has been we need to get everyone on the registry. And the more DNA we have to work from, the higher likelihood there will be for someone that needs a match to be matched with. Exactly. So I want to spend a little more time on this, but then I clearly want to talk about like how awesome you are for helping us out as a volunteer. But what are the biggest challenges then that an organization like DKMS faces? Is it just the the demystification? Is it access to healthy tissue? Is it um, pr- proving that it works or, or that you're not getting cancer by helping someone? I think when you're at these drives, there are you know, people who think it's a conspiracy. They think yeah. that we're going to sell their DNA to whoever. Because um, that'd be awesome. <laughs> no. To some guy in a volcano somewhere working for James Bond. No, but it all just comes back to education because people are just afraid and it's totally understandable. Right. And the other thing is a lot of times it's, oh, I would rather you not register if you're not comfortable than registering because that's another problem we face where someone registers just because, you know, their friend or colleague at work also registered and they feel peer pressured and then they get that call and that they might be the only person to save that patient's life. But they, one, sometimes they don't remember or two, they're like, nope, I'm not interested. And that means that one patient, that patient's family now has to hear the news that, hey, there was a match, but unfortunately they're not interested. So, is there any data on that? Like what percentage of people that are called say no? Um, and how horrible are those people? No, I mean, there there is 
inter I don't I don't remember the national uh, percentage. We have internal data that I don't know off the top of my head, but um, we do bring that up because one of our goals as DKMS um, now it's always quality over quantity. We would rather have five donors who are willing to donate at any time rather than 50 other ones because right. it's always about quality. Exactly. So you Googled us. <laughs> <laughs> you came to CancerCon. Uh, 2015 in Denver. Mm -hmm. I would say that's jumping into the deepest end of the pool possible. <laughs> uh, what was your experience like? Um, it was amazing. Uh, as I was there, so I had mentioned earlier my friend who had passed away. Um, I was just thinking, I was like, if he knew about stupid cancer, mm -hmm. he would. This would have been so amazing. This would have been exactly what he was looking for. And that's all I was thinking. I was, I was like, this is a resource that I wish I knew about. That I could have that could have helped him when I looked at the um, agenda, when I was looking at the topics, there were so many things that stuck out to me that were so important that, you know, not being a cancer survivor, there's a lot of things I can't relate to. And I remember having those difficult conversations where he was like, you just don't get it. And and I and I was like, I don't I don't understand. And so it was just really eye opening to see that there was a resource for people. And even if I can't be that resource, I know where to turn people to. Well, that's the, that's also interesting because there are so many. I mentioned the alumni before who've benefited thanks to DKMS and the other matching services out there who need stupid cancer. You are indiscriminately the the door opener to groups like ours and our partner groups out there that we'll be featuring on the rest of the show who serve those needs. And don't ever feel guilty that you don't get it because it's a good thing that you don't get it, but you have empathy, and that's rare, and it's really wonderful. So now you're, you know, you, you were so enthralled, <laughs> you jumped deeper into the pool and uh, committed to the steering committee, which is truly the, the, the secret sauce behind everything that goes on here. What's been your uh, experience? Uh, I remember when I first met everyone in person. I mean, I, I must have met them at CancerCon, but when I first met them at a retreat we had in October, and we were just talking about our experiences, and I just broke down in tears. And it at that point, I was like, I'm comfortable with these people that I just met a couple of hours ago. And it was really nice to be able to have that instant friendship of sorts. And they, they were so understanding. And so many of them came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I know what you're going through or thank you for sharing your story. And I think that's when I just felt so like enveloped with love and understanding. It was just great. Well, I hope that it meant as much to everyone else as it did to you. But what I find is interesting, and this is my, my just my perspective from my crazy crow's nest as CEO, <laughs> is, you know, we're doing things that help people today. And as much as research is critical it doesn't help people today. It helps people ideally soon. So being a part of something, especially like the steering committee, where you're contributing to an event that's actually happening, that you're going to be at, where you see the faces of people who benefit from it. Uh, I get a lot of, in Yiddish we say, verklempt, you know, like a little teary to see how volunteers take so much pride in participating in something. It's like you're building a house. Here's the house you're building from scratch. Well, maybe not entirely from scratch, but <laughs> it <laughs> feels like scratch. it. It's a renovation every year. <laughs> the foundation has been set. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I can't thank you enough for that. And 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 again, like like you don't have to be a cancer survivor to care about 
Stupid Cancer and our mission and our partner groups and the conference and these, these the faces and the voices, and you are exemplary of that. No, thank you. I'm enjoying the ride, and I'm so excited for next week. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much. Where did you go to school real quick? Rutgers University. Don't you say Ruggers? <laughs> no. Is that what you're supposed to say, Ruggers? <laughs> I say Rutgers. I, okay. Actually, I don't know. That's a very northern Jersey way to say it. If you, like mid mid Jersey Ruggers. I went to Ruggers. No, I don't I don't do that. No, you don't do that. But, that, <laughs> but I'm everyone from Central else Jersey. does. Yeah. But I'm from Central. Yeah, it's okay. I, I anything sort of south of maybe Brunswick okay. is like Pennsylvania <laughs> to me. So once you get down to there, exit like seven, you're done. For those people that don't know the Jersey Turnpike, <laughs> exit seven is where it all ends. Those lucky few. Yeah, those lucky <laughs> few, exactly. Well, Dev Shire, uh Kachne. See, I remember these things. Every now and then I remember <laughs> these things. Thank you for joining us. You're still here, so stick around. We're going to get back to you. Uh, you can join the rest of the conversation when we uh, continue. And now, the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.org. That's events.stupidcancer.org. Sign up for meetup alerts and never miss a meetup again. If you'd like to learn more about hosting your own Stupid Cancer meetup, visit stupidcancer.org slash meetup. Okay, so you can see Kenny in Seattle, Washington, Anchorage, Portland, Salt Lake, and in Denver. And then we have meetups happening in... Cherry Hill, San Diego, Jersey City, Tucson, Apache Junction, Flagstaff, Las Vegas, Grand Junction, Glenwood Springs, Queens, Houston, and Baton Rouge. Wow. Very All nice. over the place. All right. No one should face cancer alone because isolation sucks. Download Instapeer for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Create an account for yourself and instantly start chatting with someone just like you who's been there and walked in your shoes. Join our community of thousands of cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers right now on your mobile device. Instapeer. We've launched a newsfeed aggregator on Tumblr for all the articles, blogs, and stories we couldn't possibly have time to post on social media. Check out what we're reading 24-7 and don't miss a beat. Subscribe at stupidcancer.org slash feed. For young adults, clinical trials are a red-hot mess. So... We're throwing our hat in the ring to make some sense of the madness. Introducing I Am Not a Trial. Real young adults, real faces, and real stories plucked straight from our own community. Watch the entire video series right now at IamNotAtrial.com. Support our programs and services by heading over to StupidCancerStore.org. You'll look great and feel great in your new Stupid Cancer gear. That's StupidCancerStore.org. Be proud. Wear Stupid Cancer. And that is your Stupid Cancer News. All right, got a great segment here of three amazing organizations exhibiting at CancerCon. Andrea Schwartz, the executive director of musician and leukemia survivor Andrew McMahon's Dear Jack Foundation, founded in 2006 to serve the needs of young adults. Mallory Kasperson, 29-year-old Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, who was a primary caregiver for her mother undergoing brain cancer treatments, married uh, with two doggy daughters, the CEO of Lacuna Loft, and Chrissy Krakowski of the Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults uh, in Baltimore. She's the Senior Director of Programs and oversees pretty much everything is in charge of Brock, the CEO. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Chrissy Krakowski, Mallory Kasperson, and Andrea Schwartz. 
Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Yeah, good. So, so Christy, does Broccoli know that you're the boss? Yeah, I think so. Good. I think so. I hope so. No, I, I try. <laughs> well, let's start with you guys. Uh, I, I would say I know Almond Fund the longest. I met Doug, Doug Almond, the, the founder, um, and uh, Diana, his mom, probably in 2001 or 2002 when I was in my like post-five-year recovery dysphoria and figuring out what to do with the rest of my life. And I was like, really? Only Baltimore? I'm in New York. Come on. I don't do Amtrak. And I actually went down to Baltimore. And uh, then I, I met uh, Brock Yetzo, the CEO. And Doug and I had lunch with Brock in New York in like 2003 when he took over at Livestrong. So I, I have the utmost admiration for everything you guys have done. Because um, you meant a lot to me back in the days when I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, well, thank you for those kind words. Um, and I do like the Amtrak, actually. I like it a lot. I was actually just up in New York this past weekend. So tell us what Almond does. And you guys have been partners with me. And back when we were the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation and the Live Strong Young Adult Alliance and the OMG Cancer Summits, uh, you guys are pivoting in a really strong way. And uh, I think the world should know more about what you're up to. Sure, sure. So the Almond Cancer Fund for Young Adults was founded on a pretty bold yet simple premise, and that's that no young adult should face cancer alone. Um, so for Doug Ullman, it was pretty much a shock to hear those three words, that you have cancer. Um, he was 19. He was a college student at the time. Um, you know, he was studying hard. He was playing varsity soccer. Um, and he was diagnosed with cancer and soon realized that as a young adult facing cancer, he had a lot of unique challenges and, and difficult issues that he was facing. Um, he had to deal with medical decisions, medical insurance, fertility, career, school, all those things that um, he was sort of forced into as a young adult. So um, the family really at the time, this was in the late 90s, couldn't really find a lot of support or information for young adults specifically. So to fill that void, um, they founded the Ulman Cancer Fund, or UCF as we refer to it, um, to provide direct support services and programs to young adults living with and surviving cancer. Um, so our mission is to change lives by creating a community of support for young adults and their loved ones impacted by cancer. We provide direct support services, um, which includes our young adult patient navigation services, which are on-site patient navigators at hospitals. We have five in the Middle-Lytic area, as well as um, that ones that operate remotely out of our office. Um, we offer college scholarships, um, support through sport programs such as our Cancer 5K program, which is um, a program that actually started in Baltimore, Washington area, but has grown on a national level. And then our newest initiative, which is pretty exciting, is um, a, we call it the UCF House right now, and it's a place where young adults in treatment in the Baltimore area can stay while they're in treatment. Again, really amazing stuff. I want to get back to how you guys are integrating with CancerCon beyond exhibiting. It's a really integrated partnership. But let's go to uh, Mallory, the giggle her around the world in the CancerCon 2015 video. You are, <laughs> <laughs> you are um, a uh, extraordinary, extraordinary person, infectious, if, if I can use that word. And I, I really am uh, inspired by your story. And you took to us so quickly and you joined the steering committee pretty much in like a powdered hot chocolate kind of way you're like instant advocate <laughs> and uh <laughs> I, and, and lacuna loft is really something special you've reimagined media for millennials and cancer and uh it's it's a really big deal so why don't you tell us your you have a dual story you know caring for your mom and being young with cancer yourself yeah um gosh thank you for <clears throat> all those nice things um yeah so i um 
I served as a caregiver for my mother who was dealing with um, a brain tumor and all the treatments and radiation and kind of end of life decisions that happen um, as that specific diagnosis progressed. And then about a month after she passed, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and being a graduate student, you're just, you know, bombarded by all of these other things. And so cancer just isn't really something that one wants to mess with, obviously. Um, but out of that, Lacuna Loss was born. Um, and we seek to do a lot of the great things that CancerCon does in person, but um, online. So like you said, we've tried to reimagine media and what, you know, the online outlet can provide to young adults in particular who are dealing with cancer as um, patients, survivors, or caregivers. And so the website, Lacuna Loft, um, offers support and resources for those young adults. Everything from kind of dating um, advice to caregiving tips. Um, we have an online writing group that's going on right now once a week via video hangout. We have um, a drawing workshop that's coming that will also be online. So we have all kinds of great support resources that gets these young adults talking and connecting with one another, but from the comfort of their own home. And it's, it's really wonderful. We'll get more into the nitty-gritty of it, but let's hit up Andrea. Uh, Andrew McMahon and I go back many, many years to when he was diagnosed, and we had the privilege of honoring him at, what was it, OMG 2014 in yes. Las Vegas a couple of years ago. And he was yeah, great, that's correct. Yeah. Gr and gracious enough to come and keynote and give a concert for us this year at CancerCon, which was a huge reveal to our crowd. And uh, we, we, we uh, definitely uh, gussied up the place <laughs> and got our attendees really excited for that. But Dear Jack, again, founded 10 years ago, and uh, it, it, it's done some really great work. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that introduction. Um, so, gosh, the last 10 years, really, we have um, um, have served the young adult cancer community through our strategic partnerships, such as with First Defense funding week-long outdoor camps to uh, funding college scholarships through Cancer for College, and also um, signing up people to be on the National Bomara Registry List through our partnership with Love, Hope, Strength. Um, but now we're really excited. We're going to continue our strategic partnerships, but now we're moving into a new phase of creating our own programs that we're bringing in-house. And so at CancerCon, we're really excited to announce the launch of our new program called Breathe Now, which are monthly yoga meetups for patients and survivors in yoga studio settings, so outside of the clinical environment. Um, they're really meant to bring the community together in a peer environment to experience the healing benefits of meditation, restorative yoga, and breath work. Um, so that's what we will be uh, presenting at uh, CancerCon. We're really excited about the launch of the program. I think and, it's going to be great. No, and, and Andrew's story is so interesting, too. Uh, many people don't know this, but when he spoke at, uh, in Las Vegas in 2014, he was a, a new dad of like one day. And, you know, this, I think, and this, this speaks to the uniqueness of being a young adult and representing young adults with cancer. We live our lives and we still have things going on that, that matter that are unique to being not 80. And we gave him, I think, a super cancer onesie. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, it's, it's so exciting for me to see. And I don't think most people know this either. Stupid cancer started out like years ago as ideally a record label of musicians who are young adult survivors. And this is before Andrew was, was diagnosed. So it was, it was a while, long time ago, but to see 
we're going to have a lot of musicians and artists creeping up into CancerCon and our programs and here on the podcast in the coming years. So the full circle of art imitating life, imitating art, and then Andrew now showcasing his work, his life, his spirit, his music uh, is is in- incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, the Dear Jack Foundation was founded by him solely from his experience of having cancer and just feeling like um, there's a large lack of resources for this specific demographic. And what was so important for him in his healing process was um, the opportunity to practice yoga and breath work and meditation. And just from his personal experience, he realized what a benefit that was to him. So through our Breathe Now program, he's hoping to bring that to the community on a larger scale. Oh, and he will, and he is. So let's hit back, uh, uh, Chrissy, because we're all discussing quality of life, resources, and services. We, I typically like to say that we're doing our best to make it suck a little less for everyone else because we're not really about cure and research and medicine and doctors. And, you know, UCF is embedded in our DNA at this point. You guys have been working with us on a fun run to help kick off our annual conference for a while now. And I think there's over 200 attendees signed up. Is that true, Ellie? There are, yes. So that's amazing. And I'm not one of them. Oh, come on. You don't want to join us? That's really exciting, actually, to hear that there's about 200 people. That's, that's very cool. Well, to get me to run would involve a large-scale bet on a global level. Well, it's, or you don't a bear have to run. chasing it's you. It's movement. It's we don't, you don't have to run. You can walk. You can skip if you want. You can whatever. You don't have to run. It could be, it could be anything. So my hashtag so for hopefully that is we'll see you out there. motion shamed. Oh, emotion shame, <laughs> the attempts of movement. <laughs> but what does it mean to you guys? I mean, it's such a way to demonstrate the needs of wellness and health. And I think the fact that I know the fact that so many people sign up is a testament to the offering to even have this as another value add to the experience of CancerCon. Yeah, this is the third year, I think, that we're doing it um, at CancerCon, and um, it really is a wonderful way to get people up and moving before the conference, um, but also speaks to the importance of health and wellness and exercise. Um, I'm actually working with uh, some folks over in Northwestern to study one of our programs, Cancer to 5K, and the impact that it has on young adults. Um, and one area that we see a significant void is in exercise programs that are focused towards young adults. And I think part of that's some of the intimidation factor is, you know, exercise. How do you start an exercise program? Or, um, you know, someone feels like they have to run or do something completely intense. But the run is really about, or the run and walk is, is a fun run. It's really about movement and getting people active and, and up and moving before the conference and a good way to socialize as well and bring people together um, and have a little fun. So back to uh, Mallory, you're exhibiting again. What are you hoping to accomplish this year? Oh, first time exhibiting. That's right. The Powdered Volunteer yeah. is exhibiting this, is this year. This is my first time exhibiting. Yes. So what are you hoping um, to accomplish? So last year yeah. I came and I wore my Survivor hat and it was really fabulous. And so this year I'm also wearing my Survivor hat, but I've um, I've got my husband in tow um, wearing his caregiver you know, outfit. Um, and he and I are running the Lacuna Losses. So, I mean, from a survivor standpoint, CancerCon is just awesome, like being around that many people who get it. But from a Lacuna Loss standpoint, um, it's just 
it's such a great way to kind of get in front of a large number of survivors and caregivers who are exactly the people that Lacuna Loft is meant to serve. So um, as many eyeballs, you know, directed towards Lacuna Loft, um, just kind of making them aware that there, that there are growing resources out there. And um, if we don't have it, we can help them find it. And um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, this is our first time having a booth at Cancer Gun this year. You know, Walgreens is one of our big partners this year again, and uh, part of our conversations with them are surround, you know, reproductive window and what I call the sterility oh shit time. And you are part of that story. Would you be willing to share with us? Yeah. Um, last year at CancerCon, I was having kind of a tearful, emotional conversation with another survivor about our fertility worries. And then we literally just happened upon um, a table that they there where they were talking about the fertility, um, the reproductive window study, and it's still going on. So if anyone listens to this and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that," it's being run out of um, San Diego, and I think they're still recruiting. So it's pretty cool. They're hoping to collect a lot of information um, from kind of a variety of um, diagnoses to try to figure out exactly how cancer and treatment change your fertility window. Change that, you know, helping to try to fix some of that oh shit moment. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's becoming, speaking of topics, that is, uh, Allie, we're talking there are one or two re- fertility workshops this year? There's one. Okay. Well, they're all re- really well attended, and I know that is a very common need. We've done podcasts on them, and there's tons of websites. In fact, the uh, the study Mallory was talking about, I'm involved with because that UCSD with Dr. Irene Sue, and I was just out there, and it, they're they're reopening the window. Apparently, stupid cancer helped them close the first round of the study. They had way too many people, mm. which is a good problem to have, and their data is off the charts, amazing. Um, but it, it's a really big deal. So let me let me hit up Andre again because DJF, dear Jack Foundation, which I just called it DJF. I might as well call him AMAC. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yes. So AMAC <laughs> so, and DJF. Um, oh, <laughs> no, so in terms of, again, wellness and well-being and quality of life, you know, yoga is definitely something that matters and people take advantage of. But to put it in the spectrum of young adult survivorship is pretty a new, pretty new concept, surprisingly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are more and more studies out there that are surfacing about the healing benefits of yoga, um, showing that when survivors who participate in a consistent practice of meditation, breath work, and yoga, they feel a heightened sense of peace and experience an increased mental clarity. Um, So what we've identified really is that there's a lack of resources around wellness initiatives as it relates to the AYA community in particular. And so um, as far as being at CancerCon and being in front of the AYA community, we hope to educate the community more on resources that exist, um, not only within our organization, but outside of our organization as well, um, as it relates to yoga, meditation, breath work, nutrition, and whatnot. Right. And, um, and, it's, and, and, it, yeah. and again, and, and all of that is a, is, a, is a gaping rabbit hole of we don't know mm-hmm. what's true and what's not true, and we've had all sorts of people come on the show that say this and this and this, and you it, it's like we're finally getting authentic data and experts talking to us about real science and real facts. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So, Chrissy, it's interesting and exciting that you're not just there. It's like you're not just the hair club president. You're also a client. You're also speaking at a session with our good friend Eric Galvez on exercise. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, um, especially co-presenting with Eric. He is wonderful, and, and you know they're doing Mass Kickers is doing a lot um, in the young adult space as well. So um, he's speaking more on the the physical benefits of exercise, and I'm going to share a little bit more on how to find an exercise program and the psychosocial emotional benefits of exercise. And then we're actually going to do a little practical. So some of our teams would come in and do a, some light exercise and warm up. Um, so we're really excited about the opportunity to present again this year and um, share a little bit. Of about why exercise is so important for cancer survivorship. So let's go back. we got about uh, five or six minutes left, so I want to give you guys the opportunity to talk a little bit about your goals for your organization and how we can help you and what role CancerCon plays for you. And, and the steering committee, which is a big deal, too. Yeah, I'm excited about CancerCon. Yeah, I feel like I already have three hats coming into CancerCon, which is, um, which is a brand-new experience because last year was my first time. Um, so being on the steering committee has been really cool, um, and just kind of a fun way to be, to be hurled into the behind the scenes that is planning CancerCon, um, with, with the Stupid Cancer Group, um, and, uh, just kind of the opportunity to be there with Listen Loft as well. I just, I'm really looking forward to it. Just, um, yeah, kind of telling more people about what, you know, what resources are out there and um, how Lacuna Loft can help them connect with other young adult survivors once we've all gone home um, from CancerCon. And, um, yeah, it's just, ooh, it's going to be a whirlwind. I'm excited. And give us your website and your Twitter handle. Yeah, um, the Twitter handle is at Lacuna Loft, um, and the website is lacunaloft.org. Thank you. Uh, Chrissy, it's, uh, you know, we always are thrilled to welcome Ullman back. You guys are part of the family. And, uh, you know, I think it's only going to keep getting better. I am really excited for the, I, I think you I'm not sure what the, it's called the house. Are you, you're building um, uh, like a, I don't know, what, what's a good comparison? I don't want to equate it with something else that it's not fair to. Sure. It's actually, so one of the comparisons we use, it's like a Ronald McDonald house, but for young adults. So um, for a number of years, we've been hearing from our Baltimore-based patient navigators and partner institution that there's a void in affordable housing for young adults while they're undergoing treatment. Um, we have University of Maryland here, Johns Hopkins. So people come from far away to get treatment, and um, there often are just, there's just a lack of housing for that 18 and over age group. Um, and so this house will be very geared towards young adults. Um, it will be in East Baltimore, and we should be starting um, construction fairly soon. Um, we've had a wonderful group of supporters behind this and our partner institutions, so it'll really fill this void for young adults and be very much geared towards the young adult population. So um, we've done a couple focus groups with patients and families that have needed housing while they're in treatment um, to get some more information, and we're really excited about this. This is a whole new chapter for us, so um, very cool to be involved in. And uh, your online handles? Um, at Chris Kraz is my Twitter handle. And you guys are at Almond Fund too, right? Yes. And almondfund.org is the homepage. And you just newly refreshed, I think, so it looks great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, 
up the, you know, here, bringing up the rear, Andre Schwartz, we are thrilled to welcome another amazing young adult group into our family. Uh, first time exhibitors, and Andrew has been Mishpocha for many, many years now uh, with us. But uh, we really do hope you enjoy uh, experiencing the event and seeing, uh, reaping the benefits of our attendees. And God, you have no idea how many fangirls and fanboys are coming just to hear Andrew, too. I have an idea now. <laughs> um, yeah, we're super, we're super excited to be involved this year. And I can guarantee you this won't be the last. Um, we um, are excited to, you know, get our programs and resources in front of the AYA community. And I'd be remiss if I didn't speak for Andrew. He's completely honored to um, have the opportunity to be the keynote in a moderated conversation with you on Saturday, April 30th. And um, that's going to be followed by a short performance by him as well. So he is thrilled and very honored to be involved as well. Well, there you have it. Three extraordinary nonprofit partners exhibiting this year at CancerCon. We've been joined by Andrea Schwartz, the executive director at the Dear Jack Foundation. Chrissy Kirkowski, the senior director of programs at the Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults. And Mallory Kasperson, the founder and CEO at Lacuna Loft. I can't wait to see you guys in nine days in Denver. We're looking forward to it. All right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Take care. Now, I know we're on the radio, but you, what you can't see in listening is that every time I say nine days, Allie shudders. Mallory does, too. <laughs> but I can see you better because the like, microphones. It's a collective shudder. <laughs> it's kind of that deer in the headlights look. Yeah. But it's all good. It yes. really is all good. It, it's fantastic. There's a lot of excitement in that shutter. Right. But there's also, it's happening. It, I, I, I think that's my quote is, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Now, I just want to say this is the first year that I have not looked at my countdown app. So I haven't on a regular basis known how many days it is. I have. Cancer Until right now when I said <laughs> nine days, 40 times in the broadcast. Yeah, that did freak me out just a little bit. Right this moment. But. And Devshire, you're still here, and DKMS is exhibiting. You were another amazing nonprofit partner that's exhibiting. What do you, uh, we, we touched on this a little bit, but in terms of goals, we talked about awareness of marrow transplants and donating and ideally debunking a lot of these things and getting your friends involved. Is, is that something that uh, you can take home? You can go back to the bosses and say this was an amazing experience, which you did already because you're back. But I think the larger question is we want to help each other in a bigger picture. No, I definitely think that um, CancerCon and Stupid Cancer is something that we at Delete Blood Cancer DKMS really want to explore. I think um, the fact that we have this budget every year from now till whenever um, to come to this amazing – organization I, I think we're gonna have a great relationship and you guys are at delete blood cancer on twitter yes and is it well, actually same? no no uh, we're at get swabbed at on get twitter. swapped or swabbed swabbed bb ed yep. okay <laughs> get swabbed which is good and online you are deleteblood.cancer.org. Delete org. that's Correct. fantastic good show so excited it Two, was a lot of fun. W- one left before some only, kind of event happening only one <laughs> Allie smiling on the radio. I'm happy. You are happy. You should be happy. It's a good time. It's a good time. Well, that's our show, folks. It is now time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, 
internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Okay, folks, that's our show. The 382nd episode of the Stupid Cancer Show. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and following us on SoundCloud. Like to thank our guests, Devshree Kochne, Andrea Schwartz, Chrissy Kurkowski, and Mallory Casperson for joining me. Broadcasting since 2007, The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, the largest charity comprehensively addressing young adult cancer online at stupidcancer.org. Coming to you once again from the chemo deck, and on behalf of my whole team here at The Stupid Cancer Show, we hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here on the next exciting podcast of The Stupid Stupid cancer show. Goodbye, folks. Imagine having it in college with so much on your plate. Putting your life on hold. It seems no one can relate. Watching classmates graduate while you're still stuck in a bed. Up in the hospital. Inpatient fucked in the head. And yo, we got a